You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com, and can you feel it in the air? Probably not, because it's not really happening, but this is our official 2020 out-of-the-park season preview. I wish I didn't have to qualify that, but this is the world we live in. Tomorrow, we'll begin our simulation of the 2020 season with the Blue Jays hosting the Boston Red Sox. And what I'm sure will be an appropriate approximation of the Roger Center. It and the test runs, it looked pretty sterile. So I think they really captured the atmosphere of the ballpark. So looking forward to doing that and streaming it for y'all. As as I said yesterday, you will be able to find that on Twitch. And we'll give those deeds out again at the end of the show. But I said this is a season preview and it's slightly disingenuous of me to do it myself, given that, you know, I'm in charge of this team and I'm just going to be like, yeah, it's awesome. It's totally going to rule. So I wanted to bring in someone else to give a, an objective perspective on what is going to happen with this team. And I I got someone who I know is happy to be talking to someone above the age of 13 someone who is just as yearning for blue jays talk as i am he's a familiar name on this podcast he's the original host of locked on jays way back in the day and he's a he's a frequent collaborator he's the editor of jays from the couch.com shockingly i was able to get him Sean Doyle is on the podcast. Sean, thank you so much for taking your time to do this with me. Absolutely. Given the current state of affairs around the world, I literally have nothing better to do. So <laughs> I I'm so glad to hear you say that. That's that's how I get people. I have nothing better to do. Might as well talk to AJ. So That's right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much again for doing this. I I hope this at, this at least brings some joy back and some memories of being able to talk about baseball on a regular basis. Man, it was fun, wasn't it? I when know. we actually had like real stuff to talk about, games you know being played such as they were, spring training. You never looked yeah. so good in yeah. hindsight, but uh, yeah, no, it's good to be talking baseball and talking Blue Jays again. So thanks for having me. No problem. Mm. And I'm I'm sure we'll bring up some spring training stuff as we go through, but this is the official roster reveal. The 26-man roster has been set in-game, so we're going to talk about it a little bit. Um, let's, let's start with the batters, because that seemed a little more set in stone when we were mm-hmm. going through, especially when the Blue Jays put Yancy Diaz on 60-day IL and promoted Joe Panic. That... That seemed to lock things in. So, um, going around the infield, we have Danny Jansen and Reese McGuire, catcher, 
And on the infield, we have Travis Shaw, Kevin Biggio, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, Joe Panic, and Rowdy Telez did make the team. So Shaw and Telez are going to be a, a weird first base combo in that both of them are, are power-hitting lefties that can't seem to hit for average. And there have been whispers, Sean, that the front office isn't exactly sold on Travis Shaw or Rowdy Telez as the option how do you think these two are going to do during the season? And will they be able to set front office minds at ease with their performance at first base? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, when to hear the front office not exactly set on those two as their first base options, I, I cringe. <laughs> because the only other option is Brandon Drury, who didn't even make the roster. <laughs> uh, so... All of a sudden, I'm a bigger fan of the 2020 season than I was you know, five minutes ago. Um, but that being said, I I don't know how they... I, I think if you're looking at those that pair of Shaw and Telez, the only thing you can't be kind of excited about is perhaps the, the low on-base uh, percentage that, you know, you'd look at what those two would bring to the table. Telez in particular, um, I've personally, I'm not sold on the, you know, he's got great power and he could, you know, gap to gap, whatever, whatever. I'm not sold on that because it doesn't much matter if you're only doing that once every 20 at-bats or 30 at-bats. And Shaw, he's still got a a lot to prove um, just to see if he's adjusted that launch angle thing um, to see if he can actually hit the ball um, with some sort of consistency. So on the one hand, Telez has shown everything he is, and he has his flaws. On the other hand, Travis Shaw needs to show that he's back to what he used to be um, not that long ago, um, or maybe <laughs> maybe the Blue Jays' front office is right and, and their first base situation isn't as uh, set in stone as, as we thought it was. Hmm. And yeah, it's it's going to be more imperative than ever for Travis Shaw or Rowdy Telez to prove that they can be, you know, that a, a consistent threat in the middle of the lineup. Um, we'll we'll go over the projected lineup right qu- uh, after this, but just quickly the outfield. Um, mm-hmm. No surprises there: Guriel, Grichuk, Teoscar Hernandez, Derek Fisher, and Anthony Alford make the team. Both Fisher and, and Alford were out of options, so kind of makes sense do you like it does it though does it though (laughs) i know i know i that's why i'm like do you are are you all right with this uh i mean it's a simulated season so sure I, i can be okay with it but if if i woke up and heard that tomorrow the season was going to start and both Derek Fisher and Anthony Alford had made the starting roster, I would have some serious objections. Uh, um, you're, you're, really, and, you're really not going to like this then because in the projected lineup for tomorrow's game against Boston, Derek Fisher is in the lineup at designated hitter. See, the, <laughs> it just shows you what video games know. Like, <laughs> hey! <laughs> But in in fairness, in fairness, uh, the front office is, is incredibly high on Derek Fisher for some unknown reason. Um, you know, there's always like you ever work in a place where there's always this one person who literally can do whatever they want. 
you know, like come in late, take hour long breaks, um, you know, whatever it is. Like there's always somebody that's been able to break the rules and you're like, what do they have over the boss? And that's kind of what it is with Derek Fisher. You're like, what is it? Why uh, does he keep sticking around? What is it that this front office sees that I'm missing or that other people are missing? Um, he has potential, sure. I, you know, and I've written that before about Derek Fisher. Uh, but at some point, and Alfred is the perfect example of this, at some point you have to live up to that potential. Um, so Derek Fisher just baffles me. Um, and it's Anthony Alfred, if he wasn't out of options, that's the only reason I can see this club hanging on to him. Um, I, I feel terribly saying it because I love the guy. Uh, but he's just not shown that he can hit at the major league level, which is incredibly important yeah. <laughs> you know, when you and, think about it. And you, and you look at that bench, Anthony Alford's the only right-handed hitter on that bench. You have Panic, who's a lefty like contact hitter, and then Teleza McGuire. Do you, see, do you think the Blue Jays are going to have to make a move to kind of fortify that bench during the season? Yeah, I think, I think they would. Uh, and I think that, you know, Alfred playing himself out of a job, which is a realistic possibility, that's going to force their hand. Derek Fisher living up to what he's been so far in Toronto, that's going to force their hand. Um, so, yeah, they, they're going to have to figure this out. Because in 2020, as it stands right now, is the season where if this were Alex Anthopoulos, by July he'd be throwing every single prospect out there to to go for it because the rest of the division looks so looks to be down and out. Um, mm. So yeah, they're going to have to figure out that that bench and that outfield. Like I'm not I'm not sold on that outfield, and it drives me crazy that this is where we are. We're talking about essentially Randall Grichuk, who you know can hit a lot of home runs, strikes out obscenely obscenely often and then Teoscar Hernandez who really should not be wearing a glove ever so I mean unless he's doing a Michael Jackson impression in, in, in which case that would be the only appropriate time for oh, Teoscar wow. Hernandez to wear gloves oh, um, self-isolation has made you so mean <laughs> it's true I've oh lost all connection with humanity um, but after them, then you've got a, a series of 4A outfielders um, who are more probably AAA than 4A. Uh, so this, the, you know, the outfield, I do not like it. Um, I can live with it, assuming the rest of the, the offense does their job, uh, because defensively it's not too bad, I'll be honest, um, removing Teoscar from there. Um, especially if you can have Alfred in the lineup, and unfortunately even if Jonathan Davis had made the team, um, you know, that would create a whole ripple effect with the roster and people's options and stuff, but that would have given them an off- a defensive upgrade as well. Um, so where they are right now, ugh, it's not great. It's not, you know, it's not something that I would um, pay a lot of money to go see. Um, <laughs> good thing they have Vlad, though, but oh, yeah. anyway, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. But, yeah. you know, it's starting the season. It is what it is. And I, you're right. I think you, you can expect something to happen where the, the, out, the outfield gets an upgrade. Yeah. And, and they have to address the bottom half of that lineup as well. And, and you're right. It, 
I have to think the leash on Derek Fisher is even shorter now, given the struggles Aaron Sanchez has had. I mean, he signed a minor league deal with the Marlins. How desperate do you have to be to <laughs> to really to sign Aaron play? Sanchez? No, to <laughs> go to the Marlins. So that's well. Hey, who's more hey, desperate there, though, right? Hey, it's a new season. We're not going to stop the Marlins bashing on this podcast because it's too fun. That's right. Anyway. We will be right back with a look at the pitching rotation and some potential moves that the Blue Jays could be making right after this message. This is just a reminder of this episode of Locked on Blue Jays is brought to you by Withings. Do you hate stepping on scales? Maybe it's just because you haven't found the right one. A company called Withings makes the world's first smart scale and they're still the best at it. In fact, Tom's Guide rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale for 2020. So if you're looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings smart scales are known for durability and an exceptional user-friendly design. You step on and data from every way and syncs automatically to the free app on your phone via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. You get to pick. You have that power. Lots of smart scales don't have that Wi-Fi option, so you have to have your phone on you, but... Withings Body Plus gives you weight, full body composition, your weight trend, even the local weather report just because it can. The scale can support up to eight users and even know who is who when you step on the scale. So here's the deal. You can get 25% off a Withings Body Plus scale right now at Withings.com for a very limited time. Go to Withings.com, that's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com slash M-O-B to get 25% off that Body Plus body composition scale. That's Withings.com slash M-O-B to get 25% off that Body Plus body composition scale. You are locked on Blue Jays. Your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we are back talking Blue Jays 2020 season with Jays from the Couch editor-in-chief, Sean Doyle. And Sean, I, I know you didn't love the lineups. So let's let's move on to the pitching and and try try and, and make things a little happier there. Um, the rotation is pretty much set. Hyunjin Ryu is going to start opening day tomorrow against Boston. Then it goes Roark, Shoemaker, Anderson, and Trent Thornton. Do do you like that? First of all, do you how confident are you in Trent Thornton justifying beating out Shun Yamaguchi for that fifth spot? Well, it, it's tough because I, I think what it comes down to, like, I really like Trent Thornton. Um, when he was good last year, he was good. Sure, he was up and down. But overall, first of all, he, he made the most starts out of anybody last year. So you got to at least give him props for that. Um, but I, I really like him. I like his his uh, his approach to, to games and all of that stuff. But there was a question about whether or not he could go... Uh, deeper into games. Um, and as much as I question that, I, I question even more Shanya Maguchi and, and how effective he could be as a starter. Um, where he fits in the bullpen, is it a long man? Is it a late reliever? I mean, that, I guess, will play itself out. Char- Charlie Montoya has some, some choices and some options there. Um, but for me, what it comes down to is I would have 
chosen Thornton over Yamaguchi uh, just because <clears throat> I think both of them need to be pitching with the big league club, but you can't put Thornton in the bullpen. Mm. Um, if you're going to have him on a roster, he's got to be starting uh, because he'll never build up to a point where he can pitch six innings or, or more uh, if he's in the bullpen. Um, so for me, I, that's the way I would have done it as well. Um, now, of course, if Thornton, um, you know, absolutely, I don't know, Struggles. turns into, yeah, well, that's the, yeah, I was trying to think of a more clever way of saying that. But, um, but yeah, if he struggles, uh, then they have a decision to make because you've you've been using Yamaguchi in the bullpen. So now all of a sudden, are you going to try and hurry him to stretch him out? Are you going to try and go with one of those, an opener strategy? Like that to me is where this could backfire in, in, in that you're, mm. if Thornton struggles, then you're, you're limited in your options because you're not calling up Sean Reed Foley. No, but you are probably going to call up Nate Pearson in that instance, aren't you? I mean, with the ruling that anyone who sees action in 2020 is going to get credit for a year, you might as well bring up Pearson at that point. And, you know, that's probably the most controversial roster decision that's been made for this team starting Nate Pearson in Buffalo. I mean, we knew that was going to be the plan, but, I mean, how soon does Nate Pearson play for pitch for this team is it is it just as simple as whenever one of the guys gets injured or whenever Trent Thornton looks ineffective I think if it were me calling the shots um and very clearly it seems like I'm closer to calling the shots in the simulated game than uh, (laughs) real life given that Brandon Drury isn't on the roster um (laughs) but if if it's me um I think I would handle Nate Pearson when uh I wouldn't necessarily base it on everybody else. I would ne- I would base it on, is he ready? Mm-hmm. Um, is he ready to pitch in the big leagues? Uh, and some people could say based on his spring training, sure, he is. Uh, but are we really ready to, to burn a year of service just based on that? I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I say keep him down there, and whatever happens, happens with the, the fifth spot. I think it's a... You know, if I'm a betting man, I'm betting that one of the, the four starters, the other starters are getting hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, that creates a spot. Uh, but if all things being equal, I don't base the decision of Nate Pearson on what everybody else is, is doing or not doing. Yeah, there there have been worries about Chase Anderson's elbow, so we, we shall see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the problem of Trent Thornton being able to go deep in games. It doesn't look like the Blue Jays are going to be caught shorthanded if if Thornton or Anderson can't go deep into games looking at the bullpen. They have Jacob Wagasback, Shun Yamaguchi, Sam Gavilio, Wilmer Font, Jordan Romano, probably the surprise making the bullpen out of spring training, and then Anthony Bass, Rafael Delis, and Ken Giles as the back end. No lefty. Thomas Pannone is starting in Buffalo, so it's an all-righty bullpen for the Blue Jays. How comfortable are you with that? I mean, I mean I'm mean, i I'm of the belief you, you want to have someone for matchups, but obviously with the new MLB rule that you have to face three pitchers, it's probably more imperative to have guys who can be effective over a longer stretch as opposed to having that specialist. So, Yeah, and that's where, where my mind immediately goes. I think that as I hate the the 
the new rule for bullpens, um, you know, having to face three batters, but it, it really does make matchups less meaningful. Um, and the other thing I would throw in there too is that in this day and age with, uh, analytics being what they are, I think you can still play matchups regardless of what hand the pitcher throws with. Uh, you know, we, we can easily look up here in, in 20 seconds who the better, um, right-handed pitcher is against left-handed batters, right? Like, I think that'll play into it a, a little bit more. Um, so I'm not necessarily sold on the, you need a lefty, um, you know, given all of that. Um, <clears throat> I say you just take the best arms, um, which is, you know, I'm surprised that Jordan Romano is on that list. Um, mm. But... You stop and think about it. I'm not necessarily all that surprised because a while back, when uh, Ken Giles was hurt last summer, you know, I was I was talking to people and I would say, you know what? Don't be surprised if Jordan Romano makes his way up um, and at some point shows that maybe um, he needs to be considered for the the ninth inning job. Um, now, of course, you know we're not we're months and months out <laughs> of that, but. Uh, but there was a time, right, where that was on on the mind. So I'm not that surprised. What I am surprised about is that Sean Reed Foley is not in the bullpen. If I had a choice, I would put him in the bullpen and I would give up on the starting thing because I think he is one of their better arms and he could be one of their better arms in an inning or two at most. Uh, I I cannot agree more, Sean. And and like we saw that during spring training. I mean, he was perfect in six <laughs> appearances where he pitched six innings and looked so good in those six innings. He looked like he had control. I do think he would be a natural bullpen piece, but sadly, um, Toronto wants to leave him in, in Buffalo and see if he can be a starter, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I, I only have yeah. so much control. Over, no, 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 of course. Over what's going on. Um, but yeah, what you said about Romano is interesting. It it just, um, it does make me a little worried because if you're looking at guys who are most effective uh, against lefties, Shin Yamaguchi is probably the best option. And then it's, mm. and then it's like Wilmer Font. And uh, Wilmer Font is my, as my specialist, kind of makes me iffy, but... Um, there, yeah. there could be help coming. That's the thing. We're hearing whispers, rumors, if you will, that the Blue Jays are very interested in a Mark Shapiro, Ross Atkins reunion with ex-Cleveland starter Danny Salazar, potentially as as a bullpen option as well. Also talks that they're in on ex-Red Sox pitcher Carson Smith. Both these guys have shoulder issues, but the Blue Jays seem to like taking their dice rolls on these guys who are, who are coming off issues. We saw that with David Phelps last year, and they were able to turn him into Thomas Hatch. So do you think either of those arms can help solidify something in the bullpen or, or even potentially as a starter with Salazar? I mean, we don't really know what plans they have for the, for the ex-Cleveland hurler. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned him because we saw them go after like Gavin Floyd, right? Um, yeah. Who they were very familiar with. Um, <clears throat> so I wouldn't be surprised if this actually, you know, comes to fruition. Uh, do I like it? Eh? You know, I mean, we're, we're, we have to go all the way back to 2016. Um, 
to see where he got 25 starts, 2017, 19 starts. So he hasn't thrown 100 innings since 2017. Uh, missed all of 2018 and then four innings last year and I giggle because his um, his FIP was almost 11 um, <laughs> which is you know yeah. not good it's not good bad. at all pretty bad um, that said um, Fangraphs if I'm looking here quickly they've got him projected at um, anywhere from seven starts to 15 starts. Um, I think 15 might be a little bit generous, but, mm. um, that being said, you know, somewhere around zero zero point five wins above replacement, which that's worth a minor league deal. Mm. I, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that, uh, especially given our conversation about potential injuries to the, uh, to the starting rotation. So I would be okay with that. And, and especially if it's a, a minor league deal. Yeah, I, I, uh, I do agree with that. I mean, you might as well give him a shot, right? See if he can recapture some of that form. What he has left, and if not, I mean, it's a minor league deal, it's a one year deal, whatever. You know, love, peace, and hair grease, and all that. Um, so looking ahead to tomorrow's opening day game, obviously going to be very emotional given the circumstances. But a, an extra layer was added when Boston decided to say to Milwaukee, hey, you totally made a mistake signing Justin to Smoke. Give him to us. Acquiring uh, Smoke over the weekend from Milwaukee for a pair of minor league pitchers. So it's very possible Justin Smoke will immediately make his return to the field at Rogers Center in that opening the game. Um, what, are you, what are you going to remember most about Justin Smoke and how are you going to feel seeing him in Boston Red Sox colors? Well, it depends. Is he going to be their opening day starter, or because <laughs> that's the only only reason I can see Boston? Anyway, um, no, I Justin Smoke has always been an interesting Blue Jay for me. Anyway, it's that incredibly quiet, um, and yet you always hear about how he's a leader in the clubhouse and, and the youngs and all that. I've always said that about him. Um, I'm actually a little bit surprised that. Toronto let him go. Mm. Uh, now we know that, you know, Telez and Shaw and all of that, but you could have had Justin Smoke instead of Travis Shaw um, and for right around the same amount with uh, the knowing what you're going to get from mm. Justin Smoke. Uh, so good for the Red Sox for picking up Justin Smoke. Um, am I worried? Not necessarily. Um, I seem to, my fondest memories of Justin Smoke have all been home runs in Yankee Stadium. Uh, so <laughs> if uh, if that happens again, then it won't be uh, against us. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> Fair enough. So a final question for you, Sean. Um, how do you think this team is going to do, knowing the injury issues that are, are ravaging the AL East and knowing that Baltimore is going to Baltimore? It, it seems like it's Tampa Bay's decision or division, but how how well do you see the Blue Jays doing in their quest to return to the playoffs? Do they do they get close? Do they get to five hundred? Is this a doomed season anyway? What do you think? On paper, I, I, you have to be looking at five hundred. Uh, I think that that's a. a, a... Some people may call it optimistic, but I think that's a fair assessment given, you know, assuming a lot 
obviously, because a lot depends on health and, and all of that stuff. But if everything goes right, I think uh, 500 is a great place to start. Um, the potential of, of contending, depending on how fast New York can, can re- reassemble themselves given you know they do that they seem to do that right like mm. eight guys are injured oh who cares we'll still win 150 games and um you know like just ridiculous amount of luck we'll trade for christian yelich and all we'll give up is the uh clubhouse attendant <laughs> um like just yeah that's the kind of yankees luck right but but all things being equal i, I think the blue jays have a chance in, um, they're right around 500 in June and July. I think that that's, uh, that's a massive sign of improvement. And then maybe even some moves at the deadline. I think you, it's not out of the realm of possibility to look at the wild card. Um, however, we know baseball, and things have to break well all the time. And we also know the Toronto Blue Jays, and that doesn't happen too often so um i think you know if they finish around 500 give or take uh, i think that you can call this a season a success uh but don't be surprised if they're that much better or that much worse given you know how the injury bug can can decimate a team mm, very true very very wise words to end this season preview episode of the podcast on sean Again, thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. I There aren't many people I would have trusted with this, and you made that list, bud. So thank you. Well, that means a lot to me. Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate you bringing me on here, and make sure um, that you stay healthy and stay away from people, wash your hands and all that stuff um, so that we can chat again. Of course. And and can you let the people know where to find you, where to find your stuff? I'm sure they're very familiar if they're regular listeners of the podcast, but just in case, let them know. Absolutely. Jaysfromthecouch.com, great group of people writing over there, uh, as well as Jays from the Couch podcast. Everywhere you find a podcast, you'll find that. You can follow us on Twitter at Couch. We're on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere else. Uh, if you're looking for, for me, Personally, I'm not sure why you would, but you can find me on Twitter at DoyleJFTC. Excellent. And you should be looking for Sean's stuff because he is very smart and, you know, it offers a lot of great insights like he did on this podcast. And we thank him for that. Uh, just You're just buttering me up for your <laughs> trade deadline episode. <laughs> <laughs> trade deadline? Are you kidding me? I'm going to get you back on for the series redo of the Red Sox. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. We'll see how stir crazy everything gets. But um, just a reminder, if you're not following me on Twitter, you can do so by checking out a underscore J underscore Andrews on there. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. You can subscribe to the podcast, as Sean said, pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Himalaya, whatever random app you use, you'll more than likely be able to find Locked On Blue Jays and follow on Twitter and Insta- um, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We're working on the Instagram, I believe. So that'll be up and running soon. Not sure. Uh, when we will give the updates on that. But Twitter and Facebook are great avenues to follow Locked On Jays and make sure you don't miss an episode. So, Sean, again, 
thank you for doing this. I reserve the right to bug you again very soon in the future when I need content. I don't consider it bugging. Call anytime. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sean. So for Sean Doyle, for the Buffalo bound Brandon Drury and for Jordan Romano, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysbinacouch.com. I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.